Everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Music Biz Weekly Podcast. I'm one of your two co-hosts, Michael Brandvold, and as always, I'm joined by Jay Gilbert. Another week of uh, bonus episodes, Jay. Yeah, we're busy, 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 busy but busy, busy. I'm excited, man. We have two of the best episodes this week. And yeah, this is today. This is somebody I followed in the news for almost 20 years. I have a great deal of respect for. He's done some really cool stuff. I'm, I'm really excited about today's yeah. guest. So before we get to the, today's yeah. guest yeah. and, and, and before we give some shout outs here, I want to just give a shout out. We're celebrating 10 years of this podcast. congratulations mike i mean in the podcast world that's a unicorn that's 10 10 years ago this week uh this was launched with the the, my original co-host brian thompson and uh you know it's basically been weekly for 10 years and yeah you look back and go holy crap it's a lot i mean, of I think i'm the new guy and i've been here for over six years so. yeah i know, I know. <laughs> so so anyway i mean i just want to personally shout out thank you to everybody who's ever hit the play button uh streamed us listened to us talked about us at your um you know university courses teachers yep. who have who've, who've used us as subject matter everybody who's written in it it means the world to all of us that have been part of this show over the last 10 years all of that feedback all of the response just a little comment of thank you so much you provide great information i mean that at the end of the day that's all we want to do yeah you know hopefully here's to another 10 more years yeah kudos to you brother thank you so uh again before we get to this week's guest quick shout out to Bruce and Hypebot and Bands in Town, thank you for your support. And um, of course, to our sponsors, Bandzoogle.com, built by musicians for musicians. Bandzoogle is an all-in-one platform that makes it easy to build a beautiful website and EPK for your music. Bandzoogle powers the websites for tens of thousands of musicians around the world, from weekend warriors to Grammy winners. All the features you need are already built in, including hosting and a custom domain name, dozens of design templates, tools to sell your music and merch commission-free, commission-free crowdfunding and fan subscriptions, mailing list tools to grow your fan list and send newsletters, social media integrations, and of course, amazing live tech support from their musician-friendly team seven days a week. Head over to bandzoogle.com Sign up, try it for free for 30 days. And when you register, use the promo code MUSICBIZWEEKLY, all one word, and you will get 15% off the first year of any subscription. And of course, discmakers.com. We know it's a digital world, but there's still an important role for physical media for today's independent musician. Digital royalty payments can be so small that selling products like CD, vinyl, T-shirts, online and at gigs, has become such an important income generator. For every CD you sell, you might need roughly 3,000 streams to make the same amount of money, and that's a lot of streams. Mm -hmm. Our friends at Disc Makers are the place to go for your discs and other physical media, including vinyl, USB drives, and even T-shirts. Head over to discmakers.com, place an order for 100 or more CDs, and when you check out, use the promo code FREEBIZ, all one word, and you will save up to $150 in shipping. So, Jay, this week's guest, 
We are thrilled uh, to have uh, the founder, CEO of Pandora, Tim Westergren. Uh, he was there 18 years. He started a new company. He's going to tell us about uh, a new live streaming platform uh, that's pretty exciting. And uh, we're just honored to have Tim come aboard and chat with us. Yep. So let it roll. Listen to Tim and we'll see you at the end. Build a stunning band website in minutes with Bandzoogle. Go to bandzoogle.com to start your free 30-day trial and use the promo code MUSICBIZWEEKLY to get 15% off the first year of any subscription. Today, we are thrilled to be joined by Tim Westergren, founder, CEO of Pandora. But today, we want to talk about a new live streaming platform that he is the co-founder of called Sessions. Tim, thanks so much for taking the time out of your busy day to chat with us today. You bet. My pleasure, guys. So I've been reading a lot about sessions lately. There's been a lot of great press. I went and checked out the website. Really looks great. In, in a nutshell, for someone who's never heard of sessions, um, is new to it, tell us a little bit about sessions and how it kind of came to be. Sure. So, so let's see. So sessions itself is a, is a live streaming platform, much like many others around, um, that allows an artist to play a live performance live show to a virtual live audience and interact with them, you know, chatting, sending things, having kind of a digital engagement makes it a lot like other platforms out there. There are two things about it though that are very unique. Um, one is it comes with uh, something we call a growth engine, which is a piece of technology that we've built, it's actually over 10 years old. It is essentially an audience acquisition machine. So we are able very effectively, very efficiently to acquire fans and bring them into to the platform. So for every show that happens on sessions, we actually spend money on our own growth engine to promote it. So we are a fan acquisition platform as well. And the second piece that's unique is the DNA of the company is actually very much uh, rooted in the world of virtual sort of free to play games. So the team that constructed this comes from a world where people interact virtually and interact uh, economically with ephemeral goods. So they spend money on digital stuff. Uh, and, and that's a very unique perspective to bring to this. And one that I think has all sorts of sort of possibilities. But Can you give us a couple means, examples of that, Tim? Like, are we talking NFTs? Are we talking virtual icons, animated GIFs? What, what are we talking about? Yeah, in this case, it's, it's um, real time, People use the word tipping. We don't uh, like to use that term. It's not the right way to, to, to think about it, but it's giving virtual gifts. It's paying for virtual things, access, chatting, interaction, song requests. It's really the, the, uh, the ability to spend money uh, on that artist, on that artist's performance with virtual uh, elements. And uh, really to, to sort of the second part of your question, which was the origin of this, Sessions grew out of this marriage of music, which is my background. You know, I spent a long time in this business uh, building a digital platform and then gaming. And the, I think it's actually that combination that makes Sessions unusual and I think particularly uh, powerful uh, for making a difference in an area that I think is the single most important one, which is put money in the pockets of musicians, which is a serious problem mm -hmm. and, yes. and an increasingly serious problem in digital music. So, let yeah. me, let me, Tim, back to the, the fan growth, fan acquisition portion you mentioned that, that intrigued me. Um, 
kind of two questions here. Is is that, and this is to clarify it, is that to go out and find more fans to come watch the live stream? And then is it also something in something designed to take the fans that are watching the live stream, but to get them converted to join an email list, like you on Facebook, follow you on Twitter, you know, just getting you to watch is one thing, but the artists are like, okay, I had 10,000 people watching me, but I only got a thousand people on my Facebook page. How do I get those other 9,000 over there? Yeah. So there's a lot packed into that question, actually, kind of a lot of ideas. No, but it's important. The growth engine itself is just about bringing people to the show on session. So it's like, we go on the web, we go through your socials, we do sort of very intelligent lookalike stuff using AI to go find other people all over the world. We're in 250 countries, 18 languages. We go looking for people that we think would like their music and we bring them to the show. Once they get there, the second part kicks in, which is engaging that audience member and finding ways to get them invested in that musician, which is a big part of that, of course, is on the artist to provide a compelling performance and to interact with the fan. But what Sessions does is we create all the right context, all the right sort of catalysts and incentives and sort of stimuli in that that experience to foster that, uh, to get people to open up, to engage, uh, and for that to turn into a revenue for uh, the musician. Now you alluded to, you know, the results in terms of Facebook fans and whatnot. So I have a bit of a contrary view maybe about that whole social media thing, which is that, you know, for the last, what, 15 plus years, 20 years, uh, the musical community has spent an enormous amount of energy accumulating a social following in the form of Facebook fans, Instagram followers, YouTube viewers, et cetera. And the truth is at the end of that, they wound up with little to show for it. I mean, they have a giant audience, but turns out they can't reach them can't reach them and you don't own them exactly you got to rent them every time you do something and yes Mm -hmm. your organic post might reach four or five percent of those people but if you want to reach the rest you got to pony up and so the truth is that artists are terribly stranded uh and i think covid sort of brought that to the fore right when when everything shut down and artists had to turn to their digital the, the the screen they all discovered that lo and behold, this, these 2 million followers I had on Instagram, I can't actually reach them unless I pay a lot of money. And so it's really kind of, um, kind of an existential problem, I think. And, and our, we actually view sessions as a place that's the antidote to that. So you bring some of the sessions, they are yours. You can reach them anytime you want, play anytime you want, uh, engage in commerce in any way that you want, free. And in fact, on top of that, we'll spend our money to drive people into that ecosystem. Uh, and, it's, and then you don't, you're not renting. They are your fan base. You don't pay to reach them. Uh, and that leads to enduring patronage, which is to me like the underlying engine we're trying to build here. Yeah, you, um, you said something that really resonated with me, Tim, in a, in a billboard piece a while back. Um, you said artists don't need more tools. They need an audience. <laughs> and I think about that a lot. And I think it's really true. And one of the things that I was reading about Sessions, and I'd love to get your your thoughts on, is it seems as though Sessions is using data to target likely fans. How do you go about doing that? Yeah, so that, that is the growth engine. And 
you know, it's AI. It really is, it's a giant math problem, which is essentially you bring a bunch of people in and that audience um, behaves in a certain way that feeds data back to the engine that says, oh, this guy over here, he spent a lot of money. What's, what, what defines him? Let's go find a bunch more like him. A bunch more come in. They interact in a certain way. Data flows back to the machine. Ah, it turns out like it was kind of, seems like it was this about him that made him valuable. Let's go find more people with this about him bring them. That's like a really layperson's way of saying it. But yeah, yeah. this machine does this like billions of times and moments and looks for billions of permutations, you know, and then is constantly getting better. And the net of it is that it cultivates uh, it, it, it discovers, sort of finds your fans and cultivates fandom. Um, and that's really, you know, that turns into money for artists in the end. Yeah. Did your experience, you know, you were the co-inventor of the Music Genome Project, which yeah. is, I mean, iconic. It's massive. It's, you know, it's a, it's amazing. And did did your experience with that kind of inform your decisions about building this? Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, so I met Gordon, Sue, and Charles Jew cousins. Actually, they're co-founders along with me. When they and the, the, these are the two gaming veterans that that uh, we built this together. And you know, I I'd been I was out of Pandora a few years, and I was always I was always looking around to get back into trouble again. You know, in music, <laughs> and. Um, the, 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 the thing that I left Pandora with, it was a wonderful experience, you know, and in, in building, it was a very popular consumer platform and, and we built a good business and became a reasonably valuable public company. But the, the big sort of disappointment for me in the end was for most of the musicians on Pandora, it didn't amount to much money. Now they got promotion and, you know, it's a radio product and discovery was at its core. So I think we did certainly give people exposure grow their fan bases i think pandora can actually map we know that for certain data tells that us that for certain but in spite of you know doing a billion and a half more a year of revenue and giving out 70 percent of it to musicians the average musician's check was you know 30 bucks every few months something like that and so that stuck in my craw you know and when i met these guys i thought holy shit like with this stuff you have created in gaming you could literally solve that problem. You could, we could find a way because we can market it. We can bring the people, we can foot the bill for that. And once they get there, because of this gamification expertise, we could turn that into a really lucrative experience and all that money goes right in the artist's pocket. Yeah. And if I look at the efficiency of income, like, you know, uh, um, a, a single show on sessions can yield an artist thousands of dollars. An artist made $350,000 recently on a show wow. um, in a single hour. But you know, the average artist makes hundreds of thousands maybe of dollars in a show. The amount of time it would take, the amount of streams it would take for them to earn that kind of money yep. a year. Yeah. It's yeah. so much more efficient. Like I'm like, oh my God, this is, this is a much better model for the artist. Yeah. What kind of things can the music industry learn from the gaming industry? It's a great question. A lot. Um, you know, the, the, the thing that game gamers mastered was 
uh, creating uh, a, out of nothing, <laughs> no, nothing, nothing you hold in your hand, nothing you have right. to make and give to somebody, a giant economy uh, where people are willing to spend a lot of money to essentially participate and belong to something. And I think that if you look at what people do within games, most of it falls under those those two words. Like if they're they're joining a game, they're part part of a crew. They're buying things that um, represent them in the game. They're buying suits of armor because they are now a knight. They're level three, and they're in this territory, or they're you know they're and they are they want to do that right. Um, that's what game gamers perfected, and. Music, music industry has no idea about that stuff. That's, yeah. that, it was in parallel. Um, and it's, that's why, frankly, I think live streaming has, been, has not been a success to date. I think it's been built by people from the music industry. Well, you know, and, and, and I think to that point, Jane, I've talked about this, live streaming for the most part was just looked at, okay, let me recreate what I'm already doing on the stage. Exactly. And we'll just do it on on the stream, exactly. and it doesn't it doesn't work. It's not a pure fit to go from one to the other. There's a lot more you can do that a live stream doesn't does allow you to do yeah. that you can't do in a in a bar in a, an arena. Um, I mean, we 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 did a whole commentary that you know Kiss had that massive Dubai New Year's Eve show, and it it looked impressive. But it was very awkward because there were just moments of dead silence where you're like, you're supposed to be interacting with the crowd and there is no crowd. And as an artist, you have to understand that and change your whole approach to this to understand where the interaction is going through the screen, not to the 10 people who might be in the studio with you. Yeah. And you know, what's really crazy about that is I was watching one of my favorite artists do a live stream the other day. And it sounds like a small thing, but Tim, I know you'll get this. I'm sitting there watching this thing and it was really good and it sounded good. And there, we've got the chat going on the side and they're like, Hey, you know, Jay's here. Thanks for, thanks for tuning in. You know, that sort of thing. I mean, that's like getting a shout out at the Grammys, you know, where they're like, Hey, and thank you to Tim Westergren. We couldn't have done it without you. And there's so, and to your point, Tim, about, being able to maybe buy some kind of digital asset or, you know, some of the cool things that are happening on Twitch, you know, where you can maybe gift somebody a digital asset or a subscription or things like that. I think you're absolutely right. It's in its infancy in the music space, but this is something the the gamers have been doing forever. You're absolutely right. I've got, you know, I've got, I've got a, a a seven-year-old daughter who is just, lives in Roblox (laughs) and you know what you described is exactly what she's doing I can't tell you how many times her mom and I are like hey can I buy this new skin can I get this little new add-on it's only two dollars it's only three dollars no not (laughs) you know and I'm sitting there going yeah I know but you know five dollars every day adds up to a lot at the end of the month but that's what gaming has created. You get into this game and you're immersed in this game. And now all of a sudden it's little things here in there. And she lives for that. I mean, 
she's starting to get into music now, but there isn't the, oh, can I go get this CD? Can I go do this? It's all about that gaming world. And to, to the music industry, how are you going to create that music world that is filled with lots of nickels and dimes that are very easy to purchase? I mean, you know, I think Steve Jobs and, and Apple um, illustrated that perfectly with, you know, that 99 cent app, you don't even think about spending 99 cents. You might spend it and never use it again, but that app developer is living in money because all those 99 cents add up. What can the music industry do? It's not about selling that song. Well, so we know nobody buys music. So what do you sell? I mean, I guess, you know, that's the question of the music. What can you sell? And I think what you're talking about here in sessions is it. You could sell more to the experience of a live show. Yeah, there are many already sort of elements, natural elements to monetize in a show. You know, a simple thing is the thong request um, is a monetizable thing. Chat is monetizable. We had an artist play about a month ago, a couple months ago, maybe. And uh, she had so much energy in the show. She, we, we turned on a chat auction feature. She had 4,500 paid chats in 45 minutes. So wow. people paying... Not to be answered, but to just put to be in the chat, to comment the chat, just to be at the table. So, what music has, and like you know, you know when you're in a live show, and there's that moment, like oh man, like <laughs> you know, like your your pulse is racing, and you just feel like you're kind of this euphoric thing. Um, digital music, I don't, I don't think can quite recreate being in a mosh pit, you know, or being you know, having feeling the bass in your stomach and all that, but. Yeah. You have that, you have those moments like this feels really good. And I, I'm feeling affinity for this musician yep. and appreciation right now. How can I express it? Oh, there you go, right there. That's yeah. that's what you need to do. But so I think that's gonna evolve. Well, that will we'll learn in music yeah. the way the things that people learned in games. But the challenge in music still is uh, yes, top flight established artists will always benefit from these platforms as they roll out because they're the ones with the giant fans. They get all the earned media, the, the big sponsorships, you know, when Facebook or Instagram or Twitch or wherever does a show, it's like, oh yeah, it's the usual suspects, right? It's one of the top hundred artists. And, and there's a lot of kind of like, there's fans coming, but what about everybody else? And, and how do you, how do you build something that actually makes a difference for someone else because you can have all the great bells and whistles on the planet but if there's six people watching you it doesn't amount to a hill of beans right mm -hmm. and, and that is that's why i that's why i was so so like jazzed when i sat down with gordon and charles and they described this growth engine to me because with that and all these things we're just discussing they hit this multiplier you know yep. like, and that's when you start to create what I think is going to be a global musician's middle class from this. Yeah. I find it really interesting because I read something the other day that Tencent, like just over a third of their revenue was coming from streaming. And that because tipping in other markets is uh, culturally uh, the norm or, or whatever that is, I wonder, you know, I, I love what you're saying about the growth engine and, and targeting and growing this audience. What do you feel is 
that breakdown? Do you think it's going to be a 50-50 thing where people will pay this much to kind of watch live streams, but then the added value of getting, you know, whether it's to chat or recognition or some kind of badge or, you know, however that manifests itself, where do you see kind of this going as far as the breakdown? I think eventually it'll, it's, it's, it's close. It's about 50, 50 for us right now. I mean, a wow. little more, a little more in virtual goods than digital tickets, but I think eventually tickets will be a very small part of it because I actually don't think that is an enduring, uh, um, a barter that consumers are willing to are going to do. Um, so I, I think it might amount to 25%, maybe 20% of the income in the end. Um, yeah. It's really more about the, the, you know, virtual real time yeah. micro payments as a rule. We get tips that are not micro payments, you know, yeah. large. So it's, but in, you yeah. know, in gaming, the, the top gamers spend hundreds of thousands of dollars a year on stuff. Wow, that's crazy. I wonder how much of it comes back to recognition. Michael and I were talking about that in the last few weeks of it's so important on the music space now. People want that recognition. They can't get the picture taken with the artist, which is kind of currency on social. But man, if they can get a cameo video or a thrills.co.uk video or just a tweet sent out to you. I mean, that's that's a big deal. And you get that sort of recognition, maybe a shout out at a show or a request, like you said, Tim, or some of these things that I'm not even thinking about yet. Those are coming from an artist that you really love. Those things are as valuable as you've already got the music. You've got a passion for the music. These are things that we didn't really have in our ecosystem five, 10 years ago. It's exciting. Yeah, I mean, I think what you're talking about is monetizing communication which actually Mark Geiger, a friend of mine, uh, you know, industry vet coined, coined that phrase. So I heard him say, I said, you're right. It's, it's, it's monetizing communication, which again, not historically the way musicians think about their business, but makes all the sense in the world. Tim, Tim, where do you think streaming is going to go as we come out of the pandemic here? Um, because live streaming? That, yeah, live streaming. Um, because when we went into this a year ago, Jay and I were like, boy, you know, we hope that these artists that are now jumping on board and embracing this don't give up on it when all of a sudden the venues are open again. Do you think it's solidified its live streaming has solidified itself to be an active part of artists marketing repertoire repertoire moving forward? It, or do you think it's gonna kind of fall, slide back a little bit as artists go, okay, I'm going back into my comfort zone. I'm playing a bar. I think there's gonna be a decent chunk of artists that stopped live streaming when they can play live. And um, so some portion of the industry, I think live streaming companies that are really relying on artists that have healthy touring careers, real world touring careers are gonna, are gonna struggle a lot when, when COVID uh, subsides because there, it was hard already to pull in these artists. And when they actually have a, a real world alternative, I think it's gonna to be tough. But what I think is gonna happen is some portion of the industry is gonna realize what's possible on live streaming. And they're gonna be experimenting and they're gonna be delivering results. And that narrative is gonna spread 
through the artist community over time. I don't know exactly how long it'll take, but I can tell you already, you know, I've had, you know, dozens and dozens of conversations with, you know, record industry folks and artists and managers and whatnot. When I start dropping some of the figures and the data that I'm seeing on sessions, you know, a lot of them go, wait, what did you just say? <laughs> right. You know, and, and that's how this stuff spreads, right? It's, it's, it's my buddy, like, shit, man, I've been on the road for two months and you wait, you made more than I did. You took yep. home yep. more than I did in one night at a local studio than I did in a month on the road because you had no costs, you know, and, and, and what you collected 400,000, um, uh, contact points that you're now communicating with. And they just bought a t-shirt from me last week, you know, like, okay, what am I doing wrong here? You know, yeah. that is how this will start to change. That's a big deal. Um, so what does sessions take? You're, you're providing a lot of value because you're going out and actually investing your own time, energy, money into growing an audience and driving people to these events. Um, what, what does, how does sessions make it? Do you take a percentage? Is it advertising? How does that work? Yeah, it's, it's commission-based. So we take 30%, 25-30% of the transactions. And the beauty of that is that we only make money when the artist does. Uh, and we are selling music, you know. And sort of go back to a broader point that to me really is on my mind, which is the music industry is controlled by companies who are not in the music business. So Facebook, Instagram, Google, Apple, Spotify, you know, it may seem like they're in the music business, but they aren't. Right. You know, you know, Facebook and Instagram ad businesses, Apple's a hardware business, YouTube's an ad business, Spotify's a subscription company. And, you know, whatever it takes to get you to pay X amount of money for media a month is what will be on the service. Music is a means to an end. It's not a music, you're not buying music, they're not selling music per se, they're selling a subscription. That's their business. This is we're selling music here, just music. A performance, you know, the artist and their performance and what's wrapped around that. Yeah. And we just take a cut from it. So everything, an artist's success is our success. Their failure is our failure. And and so we're just one, like completely aligned. And, you know, every other business in digital wants to reduce the amount of money they pay artists. Right? It's, it's I was in that job for 17 years. Yeah, you, you know, were. I was, I, I was like the most hated man in the music industry for a few years, right? If you remember, um, because of the royalty battle. And we weren't like, we were, we were trying to make a business work. And, you know, um, uh, nothing I think about what we were trying to push for was unreasonable. But we were at war with, the people whose music we were playing through no intent of our own. Sure. And that's fundamentally true of all these services, you know? So I really think artists as a community, this is a very sort of broad stroke comment, but you got to realize like they're kind of, they, the, 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 um, they're becoming lost leaders for other. Absolutely. And yeah. That's, it's like the it's the Walmart thing, right? There's that small island of CDs, and they're tucked in the far back corner of Walmart. Not because Walmart wants to sell music or cares. It's because that'll make you walk by the refrigerators and the toasters and the you know whatever sure. on the way to, on the way to buy that CD. And that's a place the music industry does not want to go because it's not pretty. 
Yeah. So I noticed on the site, you know, bare naked ladies, Andrew Bird, Josh Raiden, some really great talent. What other artists have you done? Do you have any that are coming up that you're pretty excited about? And 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 to add to that, is are you open to artists of all size, caliber, and fan bases? Absolutely. Good question. Mm -hmm. There are people on here that like are playing out, live, in, live with their parents and are playing in their attic studio. I mean, and I, we love that stuff. So, you know, I was, I was listening to a, to a session the other day and these two guys are really talented. This guy, they were singing uh, cover tunes, maybe original two here and there. And like that great harmony. And I was like, and I wrote in, I was trying to chat, like, where are you guys? They were on like some small island in Western Samoa or something playing this like small shack you know, this local cafe, middle of nowhere. And they had, a, they had fans on there, like loving them, you know, tip, you know, giving them love, which is our term for tipping. Um, so yeah, we, we, we take all comers. And, you know, the truth is that there's a lot more fabulously talented musicians than the world knows about right now. Absolutely. And, yep. and, and to me, the great sort of utop utopian vision is that all of them get the audience they deserve. And, and that's kind of the quest that we're on. Tim, so if an artist, especially an artist who doesn't have a whole team that can do this for them, um, wanted to do something on sessions, do you have some quick tips of, all right, get this stuff lined up and ready first. It'll make it easier to launch the show. Maybe some, some tips on putting together the best stream possible that you can without spending tens of thousands of dollars. I mean, cause we've all seen it, you know, some bands, yeah, you know, they're streaming in their living room and you know, there's no lighting and it's the microphone on the, on the laptop, cat you walks know, by. cat walks by. I mean, are there things that a, a, a small artist can do to better prepare for the stream and then have a great quality stream and experience. Yeah, I mean, it's simple stuff and it's not that expensive. And we actually, we have a whole onboarding and coaching infrastructure. So every artist that comes into the platform gets a person they get to talk to who will help them set it up. Well, that's great. In some cases, we actually send equipment to people. We give them a bag, like a little sort of starter kit oh, wow. um, that lets them set up. And uh, you're absolutely right that you need to get sound right. And lighting is important too, so people can see you. And you know, it's funny, when I was in a band, um, we, uh, I keep thinking about this back when we, when we had um, kind of a mediocre sound system. And um, we played, you know, hundreds of shows, traveled tens of thousands of miles, hundreds of thousands of miles. And we were so dumb that we didn't realize like, you know what, if we probably important to sound good when you play this show. It's like, <laughs> yeah, we could invest a couple thousand dollars and it sounded way better, but we we're like, oh, it's expensive. So uh, all, that's just all to say that it's worth a little investment and it doesn't take that much and it makes a world of difference. And we see, you know, it's, it's fun to watch. And when you put a product out there like this and artists start to do well on it and it's creating opportunity, the pace of evolution and and invention in that artist community is like nothing you've ever seen right you know because where there's incentive and lots of crowdsourcing and they help each other like the learnings just go like just they just yeah. happen so fast you know it's like human machine learning 
And the, you know, we have, we have about 2000 or so more than that 2000 artists a week playing right now over the world. And that number is just going like this. I bet. Um, and, and they watch each other. They actually promote each other. Um, they share ideas and uh, their earnings just go like this. You know. Can they play together, Tim? I, I noticed that some of the live streams that I really enjoy lately have been multiple artists who can, you can see like other artists watching the artists that you're watching. And then when they're done playing, there's some interaction, some applause. It's, it's not just that dead silence that you see on some of these live streams. Can people collaborate on sessions? Um, that's all kind of under construction, right? Right. We do have events. We've done these, we do festivals. So we'll do like, you know, a 24 hour ma uh, music marathon. Uh, we, we did an Asian theme one. We did an LGBTQ one a couple months ago. Um, and those are great. So artists play three to five songs and it's just like one after uh, the other. And if we're yeah. popping around the globe, they're not in the same room together, but it's a very, you know, it's a, it's like a festival experience. Love it. Yeah. And they're great. Yeah. Super cool. Well, well, Tim, tell us a little bit about, you know, if, if our viewers and listeners are interested in, in learning more, checking it out, where, where should they go? Yeah. So the, the website is sessionslive.com and on the app is called sessions live. So it's on the app store and Google play. So um, it's free. Um, it's free membership and join. And then if you want to start, you know, um, contributing and you just, put some money in your wallet, your digital wallet, and then you can drop it in whenever you're, whenever you're listening. It's very straightforward, very simple. So, yeah, I mean, my, my call to music fans is come, come see this, come discover some folks that you've never heard of and help them, you know, it's very, uh, it's very rewarding as a fan when you, you know, when you uh, tune into an artist's performance and, you make a comment or you send something and that you can tell that it really makes a difference to them. And I've been there, right? Absolutely. I was a musician myself. And I remember like, I remember when I was starting out when someone caught the scene, that was really good. You know, like you really, that's important to an artist. Yeah, you know? mm -hmm. it sure is. And so it's fun to be a fan doing that, you know? Um, and you can tell that people are like, Oh my God, you know, people are really like listening to me. Like, like where are you from? You know, they want to sort of, uh, who are these people now tuning in to me? And from where'd you guys come? It's a growth engine, like doing it unbeknownst to them. But uh, it's very yeah. rewarding. And, and I think in a sense, this this is a, a an alternative uh, music industry, which is much more about you know, artists with with fans and relationships with their fans, engagement, interaction, that's ongoing, you know, and that is much richer, maybe more human, um, yeah. which, you know, in, in, in the consumptive music platforms the subscription products and radio products, you're a passive receiver of music. You don't really, you don't look in like lean back like an hour. Right. I want to go right. more. It doesn't happen that much. It's like, it's, it's wallpaper. Like it's happening. And, you know, and those, those services, and I was part of this, like their, their goal is time spent listening, yep. right? Via TSL because that drives advertising revenue. Um, and so you program it based on TSL. And uh, there are a whole bunch of, you know, that's not, that's not really about music, you know, that's right. about retention. And um, what I'm talking about is really, you know, it's like when you walk by the busker and you stop and they're playing and you, 
listen to them for, you know, seven, 10 minutes. And when you're done, you walk up to them and you take a $5 bill and you put it in the guitar case and they look at you and say, thanks, buddy. Yeah. yeah. It's a good comparison. That is, that's the music business. Mm -hmm. And why not use the web to make that happen in a much larger way? Yeah. I love uh, it. Love it too. What a, what a great way to end it because that's exactly what this is. And it's that you've now got that personal connection uh, between the fan and the music. Tim, I'm super excited. I'm here to learn this and, and the serendipity of meeting two awesome uh, co-founders, but now like I feel like we can shoot the moon. You know, we're going yeah. to change, change this industry. Uh, I'll be excited to watch this thing grow. Uh, Tim, thanks so much for taking time out of your busy day. It's an honor to meet you and, and chat with you. Continued success. So we'll be cheering from the sidelines for, uh, for sessions, man. Thank you. Thank thanks you for so having much, me on, Tim. You bet. Have a great right. day. You too. Thanks, man. Bye. Bye. Discmakers.com. Use code FREEBIZ for ground shipping on CD orders of 100 units or more, $150 value. Sessions really sounds exciting, Jay. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I, you know, I love the fact that it's taking the live stream and evolving it because that's what's got to happen. Exactly. You can't taking it a step further. Yeah, the the live streaming experience can't just end with put a camera in front of you and stream it to Facebook or Instagram. I mean that there's nothing wrong with that, but to move forward, yes. you've got to do this. Uh, it can you know, be so much more. It can be so much more. I mean, it, 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 as we were talking, it just so reminded me of that conversation I had years ago with um, product manager at Google, because they wanted to pick my brain about Google Hangouts and musicians. What can they, mm -hmm. what could Google do to make Hangouts more attractive to musicians? And, and, and this is probably not quite 10 years ago, but I was just like, I was sort of describing all of this sort of stuff. You know, musicians don't want to just go online and stream and get nothing out of it. First of all, how do they make money? And if you yeah. can't give them a way to make money, how can they at least acquire fans? Yeah. What can, can they you, interact with? Those how fans? can they interact? And, you know, and, and then product managers like, Oh, this is all great. This is all great. Great ideas, good ideas. And, <laughs> you know, well, got, got lost in the the, the yeah. Google swamp somewhere, and never well, never. Google's doing by. a million things, right? Tim and his team are doing one thing. Exactly. I love that they're using data to target, you know, these the audience. I love that you own the audience. That's huge. You and well, I know. You know that this, as he was describing that, it was reminding me because we've talked about this. If you think back to pledge music. One of the things I know artists would always come to me about pledge music is like, okay, we're going to build this, but is pledge music going to help find people to pledge for my project? And I'm sort of like, no, not really. That's yeah, your other job. than their mass email every week. Yeah, they, they might, they might include you in an email. They might not, you know, might That's get right. placed on the homepage. You might not, but if you're going to make money in pledge music, it was all up to you to bring an audience yeah. to this. It was on and, and that was always the thing of like, damn, I got no audience. Yeah. I need help finding that audience. So yeah. here we've got sessions going, yeah, we'll we will, you. we'll help find that audience for you and we will bring it to you. Yeah. I mean, all, yeah. all crowdfunding is basically that way. Crowdfunding doesn't help you find an audience. Well, remember that billboard quote that I, I mentioned in the interview, artists don't need more tools. They need an audience. Yeah. 
That's exactly it. Everything you do as a musician should be about building that audience. I, you know, and maybe I need to re re uh, look at this, but like 10 years ago, when I first started blogging, I did this thing because it was, it was one of our past guests, David Meerman Scott. Mm-hmm. He, he had made a quote that you should like acquire 10 fans a day. And he's like, you know, that might not sound like a lot, but after a month and after 12 months, that adds up. What well, can these you... fans have babies. I mean, they beget more fans. You know, you but do the, your job. The, the point is there's an infinite number of things you can do to just yeah. go find a few fans today. Just go yeah. find three fans. Go find five fans. Whether you're spending advertising, like whether you're yeah. you're hanging out in a Facebook group. But yeah. That should be a musician's goal throughout their entire career. Even musicians who are as huge and established as U2s and Rolling Stones and Kiss, you should never stop thinking about how to acquire more fans. The bigger the band is, the more fans you can acquire in mass. Yeah. But listen, if you're a no brand new band and you can acquire 50 fans at the end of the week, Yep. It's not bad. And I think what you're alluding to is the second part of that is, yes, find the fans, grow your base, but also engage them engage and keep them, them engaged. And that's what I think this does is it gives you another way to engage with fans and grow fans. You do two things. I mean, that's 101. Yep. Yep. Exactly. So, so, yeah, please go, you know, go check out sessions if you've used it leave us a comment, send us a message, love to hear any feedback on it. But uh, I'm, I'm, I'm all for tools, but I want tools that actually help me accomplish something. Yeah. Not creating more work. Yeah. Uh, All right. So before we wrap up, just a quick shout out to hypebot.com. Bands in town, Bandzoogle and you, Disc Bruce. Makers. Thank you to all of you for everything you do to support us and help us month in and month out. Appreciate it. And um, of course, if you are watching us or listening on YouTube, hit that subscribe button, follow us on Spotify, subscribe on iTunes, and uh, you're going to get a bonus episode this yeah. week. We got another guest in a couple days, which coincidentally kind of has a little tie-in because it's going to be somebody from the gaming yeah. world yeah great week a couple yeah, of great episodes very interesting yep interesting stuff so that's it we'll see you in a few days